Thanksgiving week on decaf. Mark and I are ready to eat until we cannot eat anymore. I don't know if you've ever watched Mark. This is going to be completely lost on you, but the Gilmore Girls episode where they go to four Thanksgiving dinners. It's like references. I don't think I've seen four Thanksgivings though. Okay. Well, it's like a marathon and that is kind of how I feel on Thanksgiving. Cause I wake up and my mom makes breakfast, which you shouldn't make breakfast on Thanksgiving. You should. Oh, yeah. What is, yeah. That's that you need to save all your room for the meal. Why would you make breakfast? I know she makes breakfast and then we cook all day and then we eat and then we take a nap and then we eat leftovers. And it's just like, it's just way too much. It's way too much. I will say you don't do Thanksgiving right at all unless you have 5,000 calories or more. If you're doing less than 5,000 calories, you are not doing Thanksgiving correctly. I totally agree. I want like butter on everything. Oh yeah. That's the point of, that's the point of the holiday. That's why the pilgrims and, and Indians got together was, it was so we can have great food. Yes, I completely agree. We should, we should, they put, should put us in charge of writing history books. Um, before we get into that, let's talk about, actually it kind of is directly related to that. Ron posted a blog on our website this week about inflation as it relates to Thanksgiving. I keep getting emails from Medium and Fox News and all these news sites that I follow about turkey farmers saying that the price of turkey is just going up. The price of everything is going up. My family has a wedding. My sister's getting married the week after Thanksgiving. Thank God we had spent money like in guaranteed prices a long time ago because the price of everything has gone up in the last few weeks. And it's a freaking mess. It's a disaster. I mean, it's, I mean, it, it's something that matters too to normal people. Like we, we don't really think of this, but I mean, even just, I saw like lumber, the price of lumber is basically double, which is why housing costs so much at this point. Um, but it's not just that. Yeah. It's like, you talk about a turkey dinner, you know, if you paid whatever $30 last year, you're paying 35 or 40 this year. I mean, that, that affects a family, especially ones who are, you know, just making it. And it, it's astonishing the way that the a lot of people on the left are just kind of writing off. It's like, oh, who cares? It's whatever, 6%. It's because of the greedy corporate. I mean, the, the blaming greedy corporations for inflation is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But it's just, it's just to this point where like, they can't acknowledge that it affects people. And they say, oh, you know what? It's not that much or it's a limited time thing. First of all, they said it wasn't happening. Yeah, they said it's good. Um, but this, this is the kind of thing that people don't like, they don't understand what normal people live like and how important this is to them. Cause yeah, it might only be, you know, an extra 30 cents for your taco, but then it's an extra, you know, $50 for your, your whatever, if you have to buy a fridge or like, it, it just adds up for every normal yes. family. Like, yeah, it might be $3 there, $2 there, but it's like, if it's an extra, you know, thousand dollars this year, that's a lot of money for most for families. Money. Right. For middle-class families, like think about things that kind of come out of nowhere, but are reasons you have a savings account, like getting your tires changed routine maintenance on your car, anything like that, that when the price of these goods go up, everything changes. And so I think that Ron made a great point that there are a lot of reasons for inflation, but one of the main reasons is insane government spending. He put one of my favorite lines that I've seen in any blog post that we've ever written for decades, the government, Washington particularly has been spending like it's black Friday every day. And it's true. They just go nuts. Yeah. And, and yeah, and, 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 there, and there's no idea about the potential consequence. And again, this is not a, you know, partisan thing. I mean, we've had um, Republicans spend a ton of money and not realize that like, so it's not to say like, Oh, this is blaming Biden and the Democrats specifically. I mean, I think that you kind of have some specific things like some of the shutdowns that, that help lead to this and some of the excessive spending, but it's not a Democrat thing. I mean, it's something that's been going on for decades that has led to this. And it's like, 
I don't think I've ever seen, you know, anybody as vindicated as Ron Paul when they're like, oh man, nobody could have predicted this coming. It's like, well, yeah, there a lot of people predicted this coming and anybody who understands basic finances predicted it coming. Yes, exactly. Gosh, what a guy. This is this has been his year. His uh, airing the airing of grievances for Rand Paul this year is going to be incredible because there's going to be a lot for him to to complain about as far as just bad government policy and bad spending. But it just um, it's kind of sad this time of year when everyone's trying to buy Christmas presents and the supply chain issues are happening. Everybody's trying to have a nice Thanksgiving meal because last year we were told that our families couldn't spend time right. together and this year we can and people are trying to have a nice Thanksgiving meal and you can't afford it. It's just, it's, it's kind of a disaster. It's not on any one particular person or administration's hands, but it certainly does not look good for the Biden administration that the crap is kind of hitting the fan right now. And I think you have to say no matter what, that what happens under your presidency, whether it's your fault or not, it really does, you know, penetrate into the voters thinking. So it's like it doesn't really matter if it's your fault. I mean, there's things that you can get credit for or blame for just because you're in, in office that might have little to nothing to do with you. But it doesn't really matter because that's how people view it. And they say, you know what, I'm not as well off now as I was two years ago or six years ago. Like that's how people vote. And I mean, that's kind of a, an interesting thing where you kind of wish people understood more of why they're voting for certain things or why certain things happen. Like the reason that inflation happens is because we spend so much money. I mean, that's one of the big, like we're spending money we don't have. That's part of it. But I don't think voters always quite get that until it's too late. Yeah. You have to look at the president and be like, this is your legacy, baby. You did this. You might not have fully done it, but you did this. You so that, did that's this. how people view it. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. hundred um, percent. You know who else is going to have a legacy that he should not be proud of is LeBron James. There, I said it. Okay. Well, basketball wise proud, not personally. <laughs> well, see, the, but here's the thing, Mark, he's going to have to retire from basketball because eventually his body's going to give out. He's going to have to retire, but he is never going to shut his mouth. And so his legacy is going to be running his mouth about crap that he didn't know crap about. Let's talk about recently him getting called out by who's that guy? What team was he on? Ennis Cantor, former jazz center, actually, who I hated watching him play because he was so infuriating. He's the number three overall pick, went to Kentucky. Um, but yes, he, he's now in the Celtics and he is from Turkey and actually escaped the, oh. the regime in Turkey. Wow. I didn't know that. Well, he has about had it with LeBron's uh, opinions on China. Um, what you, you kind of ran down a list for me earlier, but tell me tell me what exactly he said, because it, it really is be a beautiful thing. Yeah, well, I mean, he's just been calling out LeBron saying that he has no idea about this. And if, if he was really educated about any of the things China has done, he wouldn't stand with them. And, and, and he was also kind of has called out Nike. And he said, I don't want to hear about, and, and his whole point is like, I keep hearing about all these social justice issues in the NBA. That, that we're coming to America, fine. But like, how are we just going to ignore this gigantic social justice issue in China where people are literally going to concentration camps um, because apparently it doesn't fit with LeBron's narrative. And and he, and, and as Cantor said, a great thing. He's like, well, um, LeBron James will shut up and dribble if the, if the communist Chinese government tells him to. Like, that's the person he shuts up and dribbles for. So, and he even like the, the he played uh, the Lakers the other night and had custom like, basically sneakers calling out LeBron and talking about what China does. So he's been, um, it's a brave thing when you think about how much money the NBA makes off of China. And it's hard because they, it's hard for them to speak up because this is costing them a lot of money, but you know, and it's not easy to go against 
widely considered the best player in the world, probably a top three or four player of all time. And, and kind of this bench center saying, I don't care about how good you are. What you're saying is wrong. And, you know, I, I'm, I know what's going on there. I know about these concentration camps and everyone should, it's, it's not educated of you to spread your, you know, opinion that has no basis. In fact, it's just that you get a paycheck from them. That's all you care about. Yeah. Wow. That is such a massive burn. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I kind of love this guy now. Like and he, even I'm LeBron's gonna... comeback, LeBron's comeback wasn't, Oh, he's wrong. He's like, well, he wouldn't talk to me like a man. It's like, well, you, you didn't talk to anybody like a man. You put out these facts and you, and you got other people uneducated because right. they thought that, you know, say free Hong Kong that makes him uneducated. So that's his only excuse was, Oh, well, he should have came to me like a man. It's like, he has no responsibility to do that. You are the one going to the media and talk, giving all your opinions. He's allowed to do whatever he wants. He can use Twitter or the media to do that. Right. Oh, I totally agree. Maybe I'm a Celtics fan now. I mean, I, no, I don't, don't like be, basketball, no, no. but Ennis Cantor is so frustrating as a basketball player, though, oh. which is kind of the opposite. Like he seemed like a great guy, really frustrating basketball player. LeBron, great basketball player, frustrating guy. So <laughs> wow. If you could just put them together, you'd have the perfect man. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you can quote me on that. Okay. Um, yeah, I just think yeah. it's I, I love when celebrities call out other celebrities because a lot of times the celebrities will talk about lay people like us, like we're idiots. And, but when someone on their level calls them out and just says, you need some accountability, uh, it's a beautiful thing. And what is LeBron going to say? Like he, he escaped from, you know, a, basically a, a, a state, a failed state in Turkey that's basically run by terrorists. And he yeah. got out of there. I mean, these people, and when he got out of there, you know, they took his dad hostage, the, the government of Turkey, because he, he criticized the Turkish government. So it's like, this guy has lived there and done that. LeBron's not done anything. He, he has no idea and has, and of course I haven't either, but like he's talking about something he has no idea about. And his character actually understands what this life is about and what it's like to be, you know, held by a government that's a communist or, or you know, a, wow. a terrorist government. And it's hard. Wow. Honestly, good for him. And I hope LeBron yeah. has a little, little wake up call here about that. Um, while we're talking about rivals, let's go into rivalry week. It is officially rivalry week in college football. One of the best weeks of the year, one of the most stressful weeks of the year. I personally get more stressed out about the Iron Bowl than I do about when we're in the SEC championship, national championship, because if we lose to Auburn, all my friends won't shut up. People be running their mouths for an entire year if we lose to Auburn. It is so frustrating. And it's even worse this year because if they beat you, they they knock you out of the playoffs. I know. Which, I mean, I don't right think you're going to make so. the playoffs either way, but if they if they beat you, it's over. You know, it's like not even it's not even a question. But if they beat us also, you'll, you won't hear from me for a year. I will go into hiding. For what it's worth, I think you know that I think Alabama is extremely overrated. I don't see how they lose to Auburn. I don't think it'll even be that close. I mean, I, I think that you'll be okay. I do think you're going to get just trashed by Georgia, but oh, I do think you'll, you'll be all. I can't think about it. It's the day of my sister's wedding, and it's just going to put a damper on the, on the celebrations when we get stomped by Georgia. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you, if you beat Auburn, at least you have that. I mean, you never know with football, but it's, yeah, it's interesting. And this week is always exciting because you have like Bedlam, which is like the Oklahoma, Oklahoma state game, which everyone likes. You have the egg or whatever the, the yeah, egg bowl, Mississippi and Mississippi Maybe. state, which is a great one. Uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin playing the Paul Bunyan's acts. I mean, this is all Oregon, Oregon state playing the civil war, which I think they renamed now. They don't call the civil war anymore. Cause that's, I guess not PC. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this is, this is a really cool week in football and it's, it's awesome too. Cause it's like these teams that might not be good or might, like they at least have a game that matters, right? Like yes. Ole Miss is a lot better this year than expected, but a lot of times you have Ole Miss and Mississippi state going five and seven each, but this game still means so much to them. 
It's really sweet. I've also recently become friends. Two of my really good friends are Michigan fans. And one of them, um, her husband is also a really good friend, is an Ohio State grad. So like they were high school sweethearts. One went to Michigan, one went to Ohio State, and then they got married. And so their little rivalry uh, during this week is really fun, but also makes me see that I've gonna, I'm going to have to marry an Alabama fan because I can't live in that. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a little rivalry too that has like huge national championship implications. Like pretty much whoever wins that is probably going to the playoff, and whoever loses out. So I mean, that's kind of funny we forgot that game. But I think most people would say the best rivalry in college football is Ohio State, Michigan, or or Alabama, Auburn, probably. And then of course the old people who love Army Navy, which is a really cool experience, but they're not cool. what they used to be anymore. Yeah, but Army Navy that that would be a that would be a really cool game too. Um, what other rivalries in sports do you love? I've got one, but you go first. Well, I, I to me the best rivalry in sports. I don't have any like dog in the fights. I don't care. But I think the North Carolina Duke basketball rivalry is a really, really great one. I mean, that's like you watch those games between. And again, it doesn't matter if there's years North Carolina was horrible and they'd be you know nine and twenty, but they would give everything they have against Duke. So that's always a fun one. And Louisville versus Kentucky in basketball is always a really fun one too, yeah. especially when Patino was on was on the Louisville sideline. Well, I like, um, and this is a newer rivalry. This is not traditional, but on Friday, this coming Friday, Brooks and Bryson will play again in the match in golf and they raise money off that. That's a funny rivalry because it's like these two grown men are acting like middle school boys. And for some reason, it just cracks me up. And I'm like, of course I'm going to watch it. People love it. I do think that what's funny is I think that they're both like kind of geniuses. I don't think the rivalry is as big as they make it out to be, but they they play that up. It's like, we can, we can, people are interested in golf for the first time in a long time that don't normally like golf. Like we can make tons of money on this, but I, I don't, I think that they are probably annoyed by each other, but I don't think they actually hate each other. I think they're just both smart marketing people. I don't either, but golf digest this morning posted like a list of quotes from each one on Instagram about how much they hate the other one. Oh yeah. I, I mean, just- they definitely have quoted, but I, I think it's all kind of, I think it's kind of a wink, wink, you know, like, oh, I'm going to trash you. But I don't really necessarily mean all these things. Right. Well, you know what I say? I think they should just put them both in a room with Patrick Reed and see, see which one comes out. Like, I'm just like, Why would Patrick Reed be there. I think he well, would I definitely just don't be there. like him either. I just don't oh, like okay. him. Well, I think he's probably the biggest guy who could probably win, a, win in a fight. Although, he's <laughs> both Jack. So he, he might actually win in a he's, fight. Bryson is huge. Yeah, yeah. actually, I lied. I actually, in my mind, I think Bryson would win in a fight there. Yeah. He's, and he's in better shape than Patrick Reed. But that's my thing. Yeah. I'm like, just put them all in a room and, you know, see what happens. <laughs> and golf is like, I mean, I feel like golf too. I mean, I think that they, you always said like the Phil Mickelson, Tiger Woods rivalry, which is always kind of a cool, exciting rivalry. It, that one was fun. Cause you've got two you know? great personalities who engage with the fans and people love to see them win. Um, and that one's, that one's fun to see. And it's really just kind of golf and college sports. I feel like in pro sports, you don't really get rivalries because sometimes like teams are down for so long. You know, it's like, oh, right. yeah, the Clippers, Lakers are trying to do a rivalry. The Clippers were terrible for 15 years, so nobody cares. I mean, even like the Bulls and Jazz, but it's like w- when these rivalries happen, it's like, it's great. I think the Packers, I think Ron would say the Packers-Bears might be a great rivalry. Oh, but like when, those teams aren't good every year. So it's hard when you have one team who's like 10 and 6 and the other one's like 4 and 12. It doesn't matter. So I feel like it's harder – to keep professional rivalries alive, but college rivalries are always great and golf ones are good too. Golf is good too. And then, you know, you've got MLB, like the Red Sox and the Yankees. Like, yeah, that's, I mean, I think a lot of people would probably, a lot of people would say that's the greatest rivalry, but again, it's like the the only cool thing about baseball is that you play like 22, 23 times a year in your same division. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. But I, I love rivalry week. I love, I just love a rivalry game. So we've got like Brooks and Bryson Friday and then college football Friday and Saturday. I think it's going to be, 
It's, it's, it's always a fun week of the year. Um, speaking of that, so I, I mentioned earlier that we will do a marathon of eating in the Dawson <laughs> house on Thursday, only to try to fit into our dresses, a wedding dress, a bridesmaid dress, and a mother of the bride dress the next week. That's that, a bad, I know that's bad timing. You should have put it before <laughs> Thanksgiving, right? <laughs> I'm going to be taking walks every single day for like miles and miles and miles trying to burn <laughs> off all the calories. But um, what is your, we're going to do two categories here. We're going to do favorite food and most overrated food. So Mark, let's start with favorite food. What is your favorite Thanksgiving food? Yeah, so I'm saying kind of a classic Thanksgiving thing. So I, I kind of have a tie, depends, but like mashed potatoes are the one that I like the most. I think they're the most underrated. They're always great. You can put fodder, you can put whatever on it. Um, if some people have like roast, you know, like a roast beef, and I love that, but I, I don't usually have that. So it's like, I, I like when other people have that. Um, and it's pretty, turkey is the most overrated thing. I don't even really like it. It is so mediocre. Like, I like it's fine for lunch meat, but it shouldn't be a, a day on its own. Like, I think any Thanksgiving celebration should have three different types of meat. If you're not going to steak, you should have roast beef, ham, which I'm not that into, and um, like a roast and then turkey. I just, I don't, I'm not into, even deep fried turkey is not that good, which is insane. Because everything deep fried is good. And it's still, it's better than normal, but it's not great. I just, I'm done with the, I don't think most people like Target. They said this before. I think it's kind of been, like nobody really likes it. They just feel like, oh, I'm going to eat this. And it's, you you remember because of the tradition, not because you like turkey. Yeah, that's fair. Um, my favorite food, you Northerners call it stuffing. Southerners call it dressing. Oh. Like the same thing. It's like the cornbread stuff that just goes with the turkey. That's my favorite. My mom. Let me, hold on. Let me ask you a question about stuffing. What do you like in it? Because like, do you like, because like people put weird stuff in it. I love my grandma, but she always puts onions in it. I'm like, gross. My mom does onions Ugh. and chicken. She shreds the rotisserie chicken, does chicken broth. Um, we do toast, cornbread, um, lots of spices, eggs. It's just like so That sounds good. pretty good. I, I've good. always like I, I've always had a hard time. Stovetop is so good. It's hard to even compete with stovetop. Carol Dawson can beat it. She uses Paula Dean's recipe for, for dressing, and it is so good every single year. It's my favorite thing. And in that same vein, the most overrated food, do not put a roll on my plate. Okay, listen, that is a waste of stomach space on Thanksgiving. You are competing with green bean casserole, with corn casserole, with macaroni and cheese, mashed potatoes, ham, turkey, all the meats, all the dressings. Do not put a roll on my plate. Do not give me a salad. Today is not the day for a salad. Tomorrow is the day for the salad. So let me, so your, your basic premise is that the roll you don't want because it fills you up too much. Not because you hate it, but it's like, it's, and the salad's just too healthy. Well, it's just unnecessary. Today's yeah, not a day for salad. I, I actually agree with both of us. I, I like rolls fine. I don't think they're overrated, but they take up too much space when you have so much. And you can get a roll any day of the week, right? From anywhere. There's no reason. I agree with you. Don't do it. I want butter. I want only things that are brown in color. I want things that are baked in a Pyrex casserole dish. I don't want any of your healthy leafy greens today. It's not the day. Or, or bread, which is also rolls are bad for you, but just not the day for it. Yeah, so wait, what is, have you had sweet potato casserole where they kind of put the marshmallows and stuff in it? Okay, this is a hot take, but the texture of sweet potato casserole freaks me out and I hate it. Wow, interesting. I, I hate it. It's the it, texture. Okay. I mean, I, I, I'm with you on the texture thing. I just feel like it's, it's kind of, it's kind of like gooey. You don't like that? Yeah, it's gooey. I'm just, I'm not a fan. I would rather just have my mashed potatoes, corn, green bean casserole, all those things, than like a vegetable with a marshmallow on top. Like that's just not, I just can't get by that. Do you do things that was kind of like a family, like, like kind of you go up and get whatever you want on your plate and yes. then just sit down? 
See, yeah. I like that. I don't like when people pressure me because I don't want to eat half the stuff. And like my grandma is wonderful. One of the best humans ever. But you're like, oh, did you get the stuff? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll get some. Oh, I, and the thing is, it's so good. But the onions just, I don't know. Onions make things unbearable for me. I think that they are terrible. That's so weird. I put onions in everything. I love onions. Yeah. Every time I, I hate when you get a taco because sometimes you do meat and cheese taco and they have onions. And actually when we got it in, in Destin, there was something. And I was like, oh man, I'll still eat it. But it's it it's would be so much better without the onions. No, I love onions. I put it in everything. I also love cranberry sauce in the shape of the can. Like you literally just. I actually like, I'm with you. I like that too. Yeah. Good for you. Like, don't, don't give me homemade cranberry sauce. Just dump out the can and let me slice off what I want to go with my jerky and dressing. And that's actually not even that bad for you compared to the other stuff, right? No, I actually actually looked at it last year and the calorie count is very low. It's like very And it's good. It's like sweet. I actually like, I don't like fruits and vegetables, but I'm into, I do like that. And I agree with you. It's, uh, we're actually on the same page with almost all Thanksgiving things. Wow. This is maybe the first time this has ever happened. I'd rather have a steak though. I want to be clear. I'd rather have a steak and a beer and watch. No, but Mark, I texted my mom and my sister last night because just because of all the wedding chaos and it's my sister's future husband's last holiday with his family before he's married and ours, it's literally just going to be the three of us for Thanksgiving, just me and my mom and my sister. And I texted them and I said, if it's just going to be the three of us, let's ditch ham and turkey and just have steaks. Oh, good <laughs> for said, you. Mom was like, well, I've already bought a turkey and started preparing it. And I was like, okay, never mind. But I I was advocating for a medium rare filet for Thanksgiving. I think that's smart. I think you made the right choice. And unfortunately, it's too late. But you can remember that next year, I guess. So, I tried. Yeah, I tried that was good. And that's what counts. That's and I mean, again, turkey's not horrible. It's just overrated. It's like, I'll still eat it, but I don't love it. Yeah. It's just a little dry. It's just, yep. it's just a little bit dry. It's not my vibe, but it's Thanksgiving. We eat the Turkey. Well, I hope that everyone has a happy and safe Thanksgiving. Go out in the yard and play football with your family, watch the parade, do all the, all the things that are like, why do we do this? But also we do it anyway <laughs> on Thanksgiving. It's, it's just a fun day. Um, we are thankful for all of our listeners and watchers and, uh, We will see y'all next week. I will be pulling my hair out crazy for wedding week, but uh, we will see y'all next week. Nonetheless, Mark, happy Thanksgiving to you and your new bride. And uh, I'll see y'all soon.